Hey everyone, this is live on the Drew Marshall Show, devoted solely to the art of music. This week's recording artist is Tommy Emmanuel. That's him actually playing right now, because he doesn't need produced stuff to intro himself. He intros himself by playing himself. Does that make any sense? An accomplished fingerstyle player, Tommy Emmanuel frequently threads three different parts simultaneously into his material, operating as a one-man band who handles the melody, the supporting chords, and uh, and the bass all at once. Instead of continuing on with his bio, which can be just excessively boring, I think we should hear him play. Tommy Emmanuel, back in the studio. Buddy, how are you? Right, I'm really good. I remember the first time you came here, I think you yeah. played at Hughes' room. That's right. And then the second time you came here, I think you played at Hughes' room. And then the third time you came here, I think you played at a big old church. And then the fourth time you came here, you played at a big old church. And now you're right. playing at a big old uh, place. like a, 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 I'm doing two nights at the St. Lawrence Center for the Arts, which yeah. is a, a nice, nice little hall. Holds about uh, 800 people. And uh, we do two nights there. Um, I start. I actually first came here to Toronto uh, back in '94, and uh, I played at the Guitar Bar at the top of the Senator. And it was the day that the Rolling Stones did the impromptu gig in town because right. they were they were rehearsing for the Steel Wheels. Did you uh, go? No, I, I didn't get a chance. I, I had to play to the three people who came to see me. Yeah, I know. That's and, important. Uh, yeah. And the, isn't that when the audience leapt to its foot? Yeah, the crowd went mild. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what I... You have taught me more cheesy lines than anyone see, else. I, I said that one last night. So Really? You know, yeah, yeah. So, you know... I hope there's not too many people listening because they'll, they'll put two and two together yeah. and realize that y- you and I have stolen material from each other. From so many. <laughs> I, you know, and here's the other thing that I've said for so many years since, <laughs> since I think the first time you're on the show, this is, mm-hmm. this is me. This is me doing you. You ready? Mm-hmm. My very good friend. My very, very good friend, <laughs> John Laws. <laughs> Valvoline, you know what I mean. <laughs> for those of you who aren't Australian, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's too bad. But listen, Australians what? and Canadians are so alike. No, know? we're not. Yeah, we are. We're, we're a lot of, we've got the queen on our money for a start. You guys have way more skin cancer. 
Well, we got a lot more sun, yeah, you know, and all that sort of. My 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 wife Clara is just going through getting a few. Oh, I'm so things. glad I brought that up. Yeah, yeah, she's she's getting a few things taken off. I mean, just little tiny spots, and they're yeah. already telling her, "Look, this is from the sun, yeah. and you're you know you've got to take care." Yeah. Every time you go out in the sun, you've got to wear. I got one right here. Oh, I got yeah. one right here. Right. Just stare at me and look at me and acknowledge the fact that exactly. I have one right here. Ladies and gentlemen, he's got one right there. <laughs> And uh, I've had a good friend, <laughs> Drew Marshall. I was walking on the Camino de Santiago last year, right. a thousand kilometers from France over the Pyrenees Mountains across Spain to the Atlantic, and wow. the sun was on my left the entire time. Oh, really? So yeah. you had to be. Yeah, see, people forget the power of the sun. It's uh, it's what what keeps us alive. That's a nice segue. Let's talk about the power of the sun. Mm. S O N. Oh, I was. You are one of the most complicated yet simple spiritual human beings that I know. It's weird. You have this complex um, combination of, of simplicity and yet and yet complexity. I think I've said that twice. Right. Uh, okay. That's all right. So why, well, why are you – I don't understand why you're like that. Because, you know well, – it's how I'm wired, isn't it? Well, you it know, is, I guess. I have an addictive nature. Yeah. Uh, and I have to be careful because I do things on 11. So <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm drinking – then I'm 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 drinking to excess. Yeah. If I'm doing drugs, I'm doing drugs to excess. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing that to excess. You know what I mean? So is I'm, that does that apply spiritually for you as well? Um, can well, can somebody be too like on eleven spiritually and then like that's unhealthy? Do you think? No, I think you just have to find. It's up to you to find a balance of what works for you in in your life. How do you feel? At your best, at your happiest, at your most peaceful, at your most productive, mm. all that sort of stuff. I'm at the moment. I'm probably at my most productive, most relaxed I've ever been. Really? And yeah. Why? Uh, um, because I have a. I'm 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 happy, and I and I have a, a great peace inside, and I believe that uh, I've been through all the things that I needed to go through to this point to get me to this point, and now I have to see what's coming next. A guy said to me in an interview the other day, he said, um, if you could wave a wand, how would you want the rest of your life to go? And I said, I don't want no stinking wand. I said, I, I want to show up and see what life's got in store for me be, because this is the adventure. This is the, this is the gig. This is not a rehearsal. This is the gig. And while I'm here, I want to be productive, happy, healthy. I also want to be uh, leaving a trail for the younger generation who are coming up uh, next, uh, right, right, right behind me. I need to be a mentor. I need to be an example, all those sort of things. And, and it, it's a responsibility on all of us. And so, you know, um, life it, it gives us stuff that we could never dream of. How can we, with our little pea brain, think about, you know, um, what the universe has in store for us next? It's impossible. We, we have to be there for the ride and, and be ready to answer whatever call comes next, you know? I have so many questions for you. You, okay. you No, but I'm not going to ask them. Oh. I just want to let you know I've got a lot of questions oh, for okay. you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because, well, actually, I, I just realized that... Um, you're you're a pretty decent guitar player, and we should probably get you to play a song. I could I could definitely do that. Let me play you uh, something I've just written. Oh. Okay. I have a beautiful daughter. Uh, I have three beautiful daughters. In fact, yesterday uh, was my daughter Angelina's 18th birthday. Beautiful song, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I 
Um, I played it for her over the phone. But uh, she, uh, I bought her a gift of, of five hours of, of one-hour installments in a studio with a beautiful Bosendorfer grand piano that she can go and play because she's nuts about the piano really? and she's really getting good at it. Nice. So I surprised her with that. But I also have a... A new baby daughter. She's two years and four months old. Congratulations, mate. Thank you. Her Mm. name's Rachel, and I wrote her this song. It's called Rachel's Lullaby. Beautiful. Live on the Drew Marshall Show, Tommy Emanuel. Pretty, pretty song, man. Pretty song. Very, very pretty. I don't know which one I like more, that one or Angelina. Oh. I don't know. We could have them both, you know. Yeah. What what, what happens to you when you get... When you come out with a mellow song, Mm -hmm. it comes out of you. You you write it, you produce it, it's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Are you in a dark place? Oh, no. Do you ever write from darkness? Yes. I wrote a tune called uh, Tears for Jerusalem after I'd been there. uh, When were you there? Oh, six times. Oh. Yeah, I played in Tel Aviv, and I'd always go over to the old city. It's just a very strange experience. Uh, it's really weird. But anyway, uh, with all the things that have happened in that part of the world, I, I tried to write a piece of music that if, you know, if I was some old uh, Jewish rabbi who could sing, I would, I would do... The, the melody uh, goes like this... So 
I'm purposely trying to write something that sounds uh, like some old guy is going to sing in Yiddish and go, yeah. You know what I mean? And I purposely wrote it in that way. And then the bridge part of the song is very orchestral. Sounds like something that would fit in Schindler's List. Yeah, exactly. Or Strings like come in and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so, yeah. And I, I very rarely write something like that. You know, that mm. it's meant to be uh, gut wrenching, sad kind of thing. You know, I'm most of my my tunes. Like, mm. like for instance, there's a song I wrote called Halfway Home. Uh, and and in, in, incidentally, let me just point out, the song I just played for you, Rachel's Lullaby, is, is a definite tip my hat to Paul McCartney. Because if you think about that, goes to the minor. It's something either George Harrison or Paul McCartney yeah. would, may have written. And, and uh, that, that's my way of saying, I'm listening to you guys. I'm... I'm trying to do something with what I've stolen from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the same thing goes for this song I'm going to play for you now. It's called Halfway Home. And there's a, there's a part in the song. Yo, hold on. You know what I just realized? What's that? You don't need me in this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am an incidental no, appendage no, to this. this, this is I your, love this is, listening to your setups because there are very few people that can set up songs well. Okay. And you, well, are, you are quite thank well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> Shut up, Drew. What was the point? No, no, no. I was going to say, um, uh, writing a song, I, I don't think of it like writing something on the guitar. I'm still thinking like I'm writing for a singer and I'm, I'm telling a story, right. even though there, there may be no lyrics to you. Like this song, Halfway Home, that I'm going to play for you, um, there's, a, there's a part in it. So, so the, the, the verse... <laughs> So the, the, yeah. the, the, the lyric, I'm always halfway home, comes into my head every time I go, I'm always So the title of the song and a lyric idea comes to you when you're writing the piece. Yeah. You know, you know what it's... Because I got the idea, I'm sitting on the beach in Thailand ha having a break about 10 years ago, and I started thinking about my life and, and how extraordinary that it's become that I have a place in America, I have a wonderful life in America, I have kids in England, I, I have a, a, all my family in Australia, and all I do is travel from one part of the world to the other, mm. bringing music and trying to bring happiness and, 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 and joy into people's life. And, um, and I thought, you know, if I, if I go south, then I, I'm in Australia, my old home. If I go west, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in America and Canada, and then if I go east, I'm heading to England, and I'm going across to Japan, and all that. And I'm thinking, no matter where I am, somehow I'm always halfway home. Nice. You know, that's how it, that's how it feels to me. Love it. So I thought I would uh, actually. You know what? I'm going to play it in the written key. Here we go. I wrote this song. I wrote it in the key of F with a capo on the third fret, just because it sounds. I just played it for you in D, but now I'm going to play it in F. Right. Now, because I was Thai in Thailand, I, I just, wanted the the introduction. 
It has a little yeah, it does. Uh, orientalness to it. Sure it sure does. Right? And if you if you play the guitar um, with the with the E string down to D and you play these shapes, you'll get two octaves. You see that? So that's what started this idea. Me sitting there going, "Wow, I like that idea." That's a, that, that sounds similar to that. Uh, I, can't, I don't know why I can't remember the name of the song, but uh, Tim, you'll know the, um, uh, the song Lennon wrote for his son. Oh, beautiful boy! Yeah, beautiful yeah. boy. Anyway, sorry. You're right. Here we go. Halfway on. So I'm tired of using the same word for these last three songs. Pretty. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, just, well, it has to be melodic and it has to stick in your brain. Now, it, th- this is a question often asked me and the answer is simple. When I was young, every time I wrote something, I would, I would call Chet Atkins on the phone and say, I've just written a new song. And the first thing he'd say is, can you sing it? Can you hum it? You know, that was it. Be, so be, he hunkered down into melody kind melody of advice? Melody is everything, yeah. yeah. What does it say? Take me somewhere. That's why when yeah. I hear players who play their noodly noodly kind of acoustic guitar. <laughs> noodly noodly? Yeah, noodly noodly, you know, banging away and doing yeah. a science experiment on this acoustic instrument. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I feel like grabbing them and saying, listen, yeah. I, want to, I want you to take, take me, me somewhere. somewhere. Do, tell, tell me a story and yeah. move me. Don't try to impress me with knocking around on that thing. Tell me something and I'll listen to mm. you, you know? Mm. And it's very simple. Um, I, I have a question about back in the day in, in, in Australia. In Australia. Yeah. Australia, mate. Australia. Yep. Uh, men at work, air supply. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, what about him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the question is other than men at work, okay. air supply. All like right. You played with, shall you shall played I tell you about guys. it? Well, there's the men at work story is simple. Okay. Uh, uh, I was a producer for CBS back in the late seventies, early eighties, and they were very interested in two bands. There was a band called the Pop Mechanics, and there was another band called Men at Work. And they uh, they sent me to go and he- hear these bands and give them my opinion about who they should sign because right? they were set on pop mechanics and i said well hang on a sec let me go and look at these bands so yep. i did yep. and the pop mechanics stunk a rotten egg they were they were lousy <laughs> stunk a rotten yeah, egg. yeah yeah and uh <laughs> and of course the the moment that uh, i saw men at work i saw their potential i saw the potential in colin hay and his songs right right and I said to them, uh, you're crazy if you don't sign men, men at Work. And they said, oh, we're, we're all leaning the other way. And I said, well, you're totally wrong. That's the, that's the band. They've got the songs. They've got the guy. What'd they do? What'd they do? They signed Men at Work. And you're that powerful, said, huh? No, it was just a suggestion. <laughs> uh, it was Peter McKeon, who is, I think Peter's a Canadian. I'm not, don't, don't quote me on okay. that. Peter McKeon came out to Australia to produce a, a New Zealand lady named Sharon O'Neill. And I was booked to play guitar on that album. And I got working with him and mm. got on with him great. He did a great job. And then because he'd done a great job as a producer for, for Sharon, they booked him to do Men at Work, and it was the right decision. It was the right combination of people. Now, the other behind-the-scenes story is that McKeon saw me or heard me playing drums one day. Right? I was banging away on, on the drummer's This is, this is at, way after Dragon? Oh, yeah. This yeah, is uh, way after. No, actually, uh, this is long before Dragon. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah this is long before Dragon. Uh, just for our listeners, Dragon was uh, the big band that you were, you know, yeah. that was your thing. You, was, yeah. you and your brother, yes? Your brother no, it was, no, just it was just me. Just yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. But uh, that's all right. Don't wreck a good yeah, story so, on facts. So anyway, so I'm in the studio flailing away on this guy's drums, playing a, playing a groove, yep. and McKeon, the producer, came in and heard me, and he said, holy smoke, you can really play those things. I said, well, you know. I love the drums and I love playing groove, and uh, and he said I'll keep that in mind, and that's all he said. And then I'm down in Melbourne playing with a band, and McKeon calls me and he says, "Can you come into the studio after midnight tonight?" And I said, "Sure. What do you want me to do?" He said, "I'll tell you when you get here." <laughs> so, what I did was fix up some drum parts on a on some Men at Work stuff, and because Jerry, who's a wonderful guy and played really well. Um, his uh, some of his fills were a little all. They were, the ideas were, were good. They were just a little all over the place. And he wanted there was no quantizing in those days. I had to, he wanted me to come in and physically quantize it. So I copied what he did and put it in time. And uh, so there you go. All right, let's let's uh, talk about you know typical interview schmaltzy question kind of things. Oh. Who is it? Just for a change. Okay. Who is uh, a drummer that you just like? Is it Steve Gadd? Is that kind of your top of the crop for you, oh, or is there somebody else? Absolutely, Steve, right. Steve Gadd has been a leading light in my life uh, in in every way. Hmm. Uh, I've learned so much from him. But I have so many favorites. You know, Buddy Rich. I still love watching yeah. so much. Um, and you know, when you watch him, you you can't help but be inspired. You 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 can't fight that feeling no. because he does it to you. It's like the uh, he's trying so hard and putting so much into it, yet he's so 
he's, he makes it look so easy. Mm. But what he's doing is the closest thing to impossible you've ever seen. What about other axe men that you just totally dig? I mean, are you still, by the way, you have something to do with Sats still? Joe Satriani or is it oh, Steve Vai? Who, who, who are you like on those, like, weren't you on the same label at one time with somebody? Steve, Steve, Vai, Steve Vai was my label uh, manager for a long while. Right, and, right, right. Uh, he and I are good friends. Yeah. Um, and I love his music and his playing too. Um, Bonamassa, have you seen much of him? I, I've never met Joe, okay. but, uh, you know, I love what he's doing yeah. and he's he's the new white man messenger, you know, <laughs> which is great. There there always has to be, you know, yeah. there's, there's, always, there's always a messenger particularly in music the the universe knows when when the the new messenger needs to yeah. come along yeah. and so he comes along look what you know joe bonamassa is actually uh, not doing anything new at all but he's he's at the same time he's doing everything new it's it's kind of mm. strange uh, now at the moment he's doing this kind of big band thing where he's got horns and and two keyboards and, and you know and He's doing that for two reasons, to keep himself fresh and because he can. Yeah, he can yeah, afford yeah. it, you know, and that's great. Um, is it next week, uh, the Malibu Guitar thing? Yeah. That's, is it uh, Malibu next... Guitar Festival, is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. It, it's a fundraiser, and we all get involved in it. I did it for the first time last year, and it was really wonderful. Nice. Yeah. Now, of the old boys, right, from the old, old scene, whatever that yeah. means, uh, Buddy Guy is still maybe the only one left. I mean, we've just lost mm. um, who, who just died recently. Jeez. Well, I can't Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I'm not as old as you are. Right. Nowhere near as old as okay. you are. But Not many people are. But, <laughs> but at this point in my life, mm-hmm. coming up with pronouns is like passing kidney stones. Okay. Go names. Ahead. Names. How do you do it? You meet so many people and you're just with the names. Well, uh, I, I try to remember everybody I meet somehow and it's not easy and I very rarely get it right. Yeah, but, yeah. but, I mean, Buddy Guy I have never met. But I can't tell you how many times we've I've been on a radio or TV show and they said, oh, Buddy will be here in half an hour and, and I have to go to another place. Really? Yeah, we've missed each other more times than we've actually wow. had hot breakfast, you wow. know. But uh, they, there you go. <laughs> and, and, um, but, you know, uh, I like to... I try to find out about people and be inspired by 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 different people. Yeah. You know, I've been a Muhammad Ali fan all all my life, and I if I if I want to watch something that that moves my soul and see somebody do something extraordinary, I can watch him fight Cleveland Williams, and you can watch it in slow motion, and it's so beautiful. Or you can watch Fred Astaire dance and and with the. Um, Count Basie Big Band. You can watch stuff like you can watch someone on that level because you need to see uh, human achievement and people doing things that they're born to do, and and that, and that's another reason that that you f- it, that you feel empowered mm. to if you find something that you do that really means something to people, and and it's not something that you think oh this is all about me well you you're dead wrong, you know the. Freedom comes from you doing what you're born to do, but you're not the cause of it. You're you're just the vehicle, the vessel. And what you know, when I when I play, something good happens to you. I don't know what it is, and frankly, I don't want to know. All I want to know is that it still happens, because that's why I'm here. Yeah.
you yeah. know. And it sets me free because I don't then have to walk around with the world on my shoulders going, I have to be the greatest. I have to, you know what I mean? It's not about that. It's about show up, do your best, and there, and that's it. Okay, know? who has uh, – we'll get you to do a song again in just a second. But first of all, I want to let our listeners know because I kind of got – I forgot we have listeners. Oh, uh, right. We're in the studio here with Tommy Emmanuel. He is our uh, – our musician today, this week's recording artist. The website is com, TommyEmmanuel.com. Uh, I just want to get you to tell our listeners about this this uh, this Ryman CD that's uh, okay. released, the, the album that's coming out. Does anybody buy a CD? Is it on 8-track? Yeah. Can we no. get it? Uh, no. No. no, it's on cassette. Okay. No, well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> it's on acetate. <laughs> no, um, it's a CD, of course. People still love <clears throat> buying CDs and <clears throat> play them in their car and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, the album is called Live at the Ryman, and the Ryman Auditorium is the famous venue in Nashville, Tennessee, where I've played many times, but I, this is the first time I played my own concert there. Nice. The first yeah. time. You're kidding well, me. No. Because I saw a clip with you and Brad Paisley yeah. there, I think, that, one time. No, that was actually – that was at the Opry, which is out at Opryland. Uh, the Ryman is a, uh, a t- you know eighteen hundred to two thousand seater venue. The right. the Opry now is out in Opryland, and that's five thousand seats. Wow! Yeah, and it's full every time. It's that, unbelievable. You know, for a little country boy, he can play like a little. You know, most. I'm Holy sorry, moly, but there's are you kidding? He's right. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little country boy. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I'm judgmental when it, I'm more judgmental when it comes to country musicians. Right. Because I was forced to listen to country music, uh, hurting, twanging, you know, just put a you bullet in your head. Oh, dude. My dad made, you know, driving in the car, my dad had like the country station. I'm like, Dad, seriously, come on, turn this off. All right. And now I. Uh, uh, what, what happened? What was it you were listening to that, that was hurting your ears? Was it uh, the the songs, the below par songs, or was it the just the sound? No, listen, it was just I was a <laughs> yeah, I was a kid and I couldn't stand the sound, right? And right, and okay. then all of a sudden, country music changed, and uh, and and uh, it was like it became pop. It became yeah. popular, and yeah. I and I was listening to all these uh, artists going, oh, you know, struggling with on the farm and the, and all the hard work songs, and I'm like, you haven't thrown a hay bale in your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we used to call people like that Pitt Street Cowboys. I like it. Yeah, yeah. In the old days when we were kids, right? There were guys who were trying to be like Slim Dusty and all that sort of stuff, Slim right? Dusty. Yeah, and and Slim actually lived on a farm and had cattle and yeah, yeah. knew what it meant to be a real. You know, farmer, yeah. and sang songs about Australian characters, and then you'd get these guys uh, who b- bought a cowboy shirt and a, and a Stetson hat and put it on, and these Aaron Williams boots, and sang songs about you know, the hardships of life. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, going home to their apartment you know, <laughs> next know, to Sydney Harbour, condo, you know yeah. what I mean. So we used to call them Pitt Street Cowboys because Pitt Street was where yep. all uh, yeah, all the right. fashion places that's were right. in Sydney. You know. <clears throat> oh, okay, so, sorry, got sidetracked. You and I should never. Uh, uh, do long conversations. Okay. Because we just, we got to get back to the selling of things. You suck at selling, selling. yourself. I, I'm, I'm not interested in selling anything. I know. So uh, can I do it? I'll do it for you. All right, ready? This album yeah. is going to be released when? On the 19th of this month, which is next week, isn't Fantastic. it? Fantastic. Yeah, it's on my own label, and it's um, uh, it's called Live at the Ryman. Beautiful. And it, it's a genuine, real article. This is a real live recording. This is no fix-ups and no fancy-schmancy really? computer stuff. This is a real live recording. We also filmed it. And, and I want to tell you, it's the first time ever that the three CGPs, myself, Steve Warriner, and John Knowles, 
that we played together. So they were my my guests. So it was kind of a be fun. historical <laughs> moment in the most historical building uh, in in the music business in America. Uh, would you mind playing a song from yeah. that album? From that album. All right, hang on a sec. Oh, I didn't. Uh, did I just wreck the uh, set list? There is no set list. Okay, all right. Pardon me. Sorry. Terribly sorry. Um, just while he's tuning his guitar, let me tell everybody that uh, this is Tommy Emmanuel. He is in studio. It is live on the Drew Marshall Show, devoted solely to the art of music. The website is TommyEmmanuel.com, and uh, he is about to play a song from his uh, new CD, Live at the Room. Yeah, this is the opening track of the album. It's the opening track of the show. It's called The Tall Fiddler. I'm just going to give you a little hand clap there. Just a little hand clap. Thank you. That was slightly impressive. Thank you. Um, That's the first track. That's how the show opens. Beautiful. It's all downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) The crowd went mild. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Stop it. Um, Okay. I know I've asked you this before, but obviously I wasn't listening, which means I don't care. If you broke your hands. Mm -hmm. I'd learn to play with my feet. Okay. Or my elbows. But if you couldn't play, what would it do to you, man? I'd I'd have to talk more. That's not good for the world. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I could become a you know full time comedian and really go out of business really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, no, really. I've, what would it do to you, man? Seriously, because this is everything. This for is you. everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'd have to find something else that was everything. But you must have processed this. You must have thought, oh, man, if something goes down and I can't, what would it, what would, what would it feel like? Where would you go? Mm. And, well, and, well I've, first of all, <clears throat> I, I have health insurance that uh, if something happens to me, I, I, I have income insurance. Right. You know what I mean? I have to protect my family. Yeah. So if I can't be a wage earner and a... Uh, you know, a, a breadwinner, then uh, then I have to be, I have to have that s- uh, sorted out. So I I have that under control. Uh, however, um, I don't take stupid risks like, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to become a skydiver for okay. a start. Right. You know? I'm, right. I'm not going to do that. You know, I, and I'm not, I'm not going to put all my attention on on too many things like hobbies and blah blah blah. My my whole life is m- music and my family, mm. right? That's what I'm here to do. I don't try to focus on too many things at at, at once. My goal is to get good at this. Right. Well, let that, me, let me know it. when you get there. I I certainly will. Yeah. And they'll wheel me in in a wheelchair, and I'll say. Drew, I'm finally good. I'm finally Okay, you just got real old school Ozzy there, man. That was like a Dubbo accent. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, can I just tell you about one of my biggest Australian faux pas? Oh, yeah. Okay. I think you'll appreciate okay. this. Uh, I was uh, speaking, it was the first uh, time I was speaking at this church that I was uh, a part of. Yeah. And, uh, and I was referring to a group of guys, meathead guys that I'd come across. Meathead? Yeah, okay. and, and they were, we, here we'd be like rednecks. Okay. In Australia, you know. Yabos. Yeah, yabos, right. Yeah. Except I didn't say that. I, I was talking about these guys, and I said, you know, yesterday I ran into the, a bunch of abos. Oh. <laughs> That's Aboriginal. That's, uh, yeah. That's like the N word in Australia. Exactly. But no, the, well, it, it's. Not quite as bad, really. But, yeah, but I mean, abos call us whitey, so yeah. who, who really cares? It's not a know? good. It's not a good move. Yeah, well, you know, Aborigine. And, uh, and, and John William uh, John Williamson mentions that he said uh, uh, in in his song, "It's raining on the rock," yeah. as in Ayers Rock. He said, "It's raining on the rock in a beautiful country, and I'm proud to travel this big land like an Aborigine." That's so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Well, speaking of raining on the rock, this one time I was standing uh, by a building with a bunch of rugby buddies, uh-huh. and uh, it was in the middle of a three-month drought. We're in the Blue Mountains, and it starts to rain. Oh, how wonderful. Beautiful. I'm, guys, it's Beautiful raining. Rain. Raining. Yeah. And I face up and rain on my face, rain on my mm. mouth, rain. And mm. they're like, dude, it's not raining. Was, what are you talking about? It's raining. No, it's not raining. You know what it was? It was a possum peeing off the roof. Oh. <laughs> Can you write a song about that? Um, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> True story. True story. Well, yeah. You know, there's uh, every time I go back to Australia to go on tour there, um, I like to drive myself around because I like to take my time and I leave early and and get to the next town the same time as all the rest of my crew. But I've taken the long route. I'll, uh, like when I drove from from Sydney down to Canberra, I went through, I went down the south coast and then I went across through the um, national park. Yeah. And and my my navigation took me and and told me to go across a creek, and I actually drove through through the water. Yeah. Well, it's a rent a car; it goes through it water. Uh, you know? does. Yes. And of course, it doesn't have any in it, no. you know, <laughs> or or oil, but and. Uh, and and I drive along singing, you know, galleries of pink alas, crystal nights with diamond stars, apricots preserved in jars, 
That's my home, land of oceans in the sun, purple hazes, river gums. It breaks your heart when rain won't come. It breaks your heart. See? You have this sweet, mellifluous tone about you. Ah. Well, I love singing. Yeah. The voice is the first instrument. And you've got you've to find your voice and tune into it somehow so you can get your message across, whatever it is. Your, you know? That song reminded me of Ken Duncan yeah. and his work. Yeah, oh, Ken Duncan, what a great guy. Brilliant yeah. panographic uh, photography, yeah. and yeah. got a got a, a beautiful studio down in the um, in the the rocks. Is that what it's called? In, the rocks. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I, I remember a lot of his early work too. And the Midnight Oil used to use his his photos in, yeah. in all their. Uh, <coughs> They're actually here next week, uh, next week or the week after. Tim, I tried to get uh, Peter Garrett on the show, oh. but his uh, his label has said uh, couldn't afford it. Good. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we don't have Peter Garrett. We have Tommy Emanuel here ah, in the studio. there you go. Um, just before we sort of wrap things up here, I want to just acknowledge that the, fa- the fact there's like 17 people here in the studio. We've got uh, three people on video cameras. We've okay. got Tim the Tool sitting in the corner yeah, just good on you, drooling because you're here. Thank you, brother. And then we have the owner of the entire outfit, Mr. Michael Kane. Yeah, hi, here Michael. in the studio, yeah. Yeah. And uh, other creepy people in the hall. Well, Ooh, <laughs> hey, that's Jess. <laughs> Jess. He's, he's my, my, my main man. Um, um, can you... Can can you do another yeah. song? Would that be you, all right? You bet I can. Um, uh, should we do a song about that uh, um, has a good message for all all uh, car car uh, enthusiasts? Okay. Yeah, you ready? You're going to do a car song? Yeah. I love it. And now, when I sing this song, I'd like you to try and guess who wrote it, Drew, okay? Okay. This is your quiz. All right, here, here we, we go. go. That old car would like to break your heart. She's too far gone, even star. Take it from one who knows. You don't want to get you one of those. She's always been as mean as she appeared. Ain't done no rock and rolling for years. They should put her in the crusher, I suppose, yeah. You don't want to get you one of those Leave her over there behind the barn Where she'll be out of the way She's got chassis rut The gearbox shot Well, she's had her day It's all over for that old heap She needs a whole lot more than beauty sleep If you want to get you one that goes You don't want to get you one of those Let's play it for the folks She's had her day It's all over For that old heap 
She needs a whole lot more than beauty sleep If you want to get your one that goes You don't want to get your one of those No, you don't want to get your one of those I guess have no. Right. I have no idea. I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's like All Randy right. Newman. Exactly. It's. Are you kidding me? No, but it oh. is. It sounds like Randy Newman, okay. but Mark Knopfler wrote it. Wow. Okay, that'll yeah. work. It's on my next album. Is it really? Mark and I do it together, and he wrote that song. We play two acoustic guitars and sing that song together. That's it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild, all right? When was the last time you were driving around, had some uh, a tune on, and it was someone else's music, and you were just into it? Like you were singing, and it was someone else's song? Uh, yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, um, yeah, it was a Keith Urban song. Yeah. Are I you pals him. with Keith? And oh, yeah. Oh, I see him every now and again. The, is it the Australian? Like, would he like you if you weren't Australian? Yes, of course he would. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good person. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, trying to be the man I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so is he. We're, we're all cut with the same cloth, you know. When it comes to displaced Aussies, yeah. How, how do you stand out from the wound up Yanks? Um, well, I think, you know, because you guys uh, don't take yourself that seriously. I think first of all, we, 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 we take our work very seriously, yeah. but. We we don't take ourselves too seriously. Yeah. We're we're here to have a good time and 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 do it for others, you know. Um, we don't need no stinking glory, you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I I think uh, you know a guy like Keith, he's he's driven the same as I am, mm. and we have to. He's found his thing, and I found mine. And and I'm not trying to be him, and he's not trying to be be, be me. Uh, but he's a great example to everybody else who wants to be. He's got so many uh, young guys. He's spawned hundreds of young uh, men and women who uh, who see that, that there is light at the end of the tunnel in this business. You know, he he put the work in. Uh, he had a great level of of uh, work ethic, of of quality in, in his work and in integrity. And he, he's done the hard work, and he's still a hard worker. What, what do you do when you just get tired? I sleep. <laughs> That's it. Now, when, I, when I get tired, no, I... am just like, I don't want to... I'm not up today. I got to perform, but I'm not up today. What do you do? Eat some chocolate, drink some coffee... No, actually, it's so rare ever that I feel like that, and I'll tell you why, Mr. Marshall, Uh-oh. is because every night I do a meet and greet. An hour before showtime, people have written in, they, they want an autograph or a photo, yeah. they, they just want to meet, they want to talk or whatever. Okay. And so I walk into a room full of very enthusiastic people. I sap them of all their enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. I hug them. I tell them how much I appreciate them. I sign the autograph. I get a photo with them. I walk out of that room two feet off the ground. So it's the shake and howdy that, that jacks you up. Well, it's part of the ritual of, of the day. Yeah. But I wake up every morning going, holy moly, I'm still here. I get a chance to play again. You yeah. know. So I, I wake up excited and, and grateful. And show me one unhappy, grateful man. I have to like you. Yeah. No, but I don't want to like you as much as I like you. Okay. That's it's just, that, well, it's that's just cool. weird. Yeah, that's fine. 
You can you can be be what you need to be, and I'll be what I need. To be. Well, what I'm trying to say is that when I finally grow up, I want to be a little more like you, okay, and thanks. I'm trying to I'm trying to steal your mojo as well. I want I you, want that. Yeah, great. Well, I'm I'm always. I mean, I get mojo from my wife. Because she's the mojo source in my she's life. She's the mojo source. Oh in your man, life. she's. If she puts her hand on you, you, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but uh, you know, meeting people like you know, I met uh, Alex was at my show last night. At Alex Lifeson, and and it was just great to feel his mojo coming at nice, me nice. because he was smiling from ear to ear the whole show, and what, what a genuine, beautiful guy he is, you know. Let's finish this interview okay. with one more song. One more Could song. we? Is that all right? Yes. Oh, it'd be it'd be great. Thanks for for inviting me on, and it's great to see you again. And uh, thanks for for what you do for the community and for for, for people out there. And uh, you know, you're just being yourself, and this is the, this is a wonderful thing. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm going to play a little bit of a song from the last album, and the, this is a piece I wrote after watching the movie Lincoln, and it it wasn't because of the story of Lincoln it was because somehow that movie transported me and I, re- I went back to when I was really little and I'm sitting in the kitchen with my grandmother looking through all these old photographs of my, my family and my family history and she would tell me who each person was in the photo and what, what their story was and those times were precious to me and, and that's what that movie did for me so this is what I wrote it's called Old Photographs Sorry, man, but i got to say it again. Pretty, pretty song. Thank Very you. pretty song. All photographs. Beautiful, beautiful. Folks, the album is called Live at the Ryman, Ryman. and it is out next week, I believe. It is uh, on the 19th. Yeah, and then you can get it through my website as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, that's where... And that song is on an album called It's Never Too Late. Nice. Nice. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for your guts, for your energy, mm. for your authenticity, Thank for you. the light that just leaks out of you. 
Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's, it's, you know, I know you hear it and all the time. Just but... remember, it's never too late to live happily ever after. You're killing me. You're killing me. That's the name of the album. It's, it's never too late that you turn the cover over and it says, to live happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, that was, you don't know the timing of that, but that was poignant for me right now, so right. I hit you. Um, right. Live at the Rival. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome the... to Live Radio, where we get, <laughs> you can get hated here by Drew Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> Live at the Rhyme and Tommy Emanuel. The website is TommyEmanuel.com. And again, a treat to have you. Thank thanks, you, sir. Thanks for having thank me. You. And I'd like to thank my mother for having me. Would you stop? Thank you, Virgie. <laughs> <What are> we... <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us.